Hello, my beloved listeners. Welcome back to Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. This is season 14, episode 142. Thank you for tuning in. What a day it's been. I've just been going through a lot of personal stuff with the Lord, and He's continuing to speak to me through His Word, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, if you'd like to know the song that's playing, it's called Enter In by Nathaniel Coe Third. Um, beloved, I am so excited because next week I'm finally uh, transitioning my podcast into a YouTube channel. So I'll continue to do my recordings here on Spotify and Apple Podcast and every uh, podcast platform that this app that I use called Anchor puts, puts it out on. Um, so I'll be doing two separate recordings. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably do the recording on Anchor first whenever I do this. Um, it might be on a different day, but um, like when I start it next week, um, I'm probably going to start the recording during the day for like Spotify and other podcast platforms. And then for YouTube, I'm probably not going to be able to do it until later in the night. So just bear with me, guys. Please continue to be patient with me. And uh, I finally got my lighting set up. I have a phone holder. Um, obviously I have the things for a podcast, so I just needed the stuff for a YouTube channel and those things are finally in. I do have one more thing I'm waiting on. It's a black backdrop and when my dad shipped it in for me, it didn't have holes in it, which I'm not blaming my dad. That's not what I'm doing. I should have known if there was, if there was holes in it. And the reason I say holds is because there's a, obviously a, a backdrop holder that holds the backdrop up and didn't have holes so i had to go to um, a dry cleaner across the street and have them sew hole so a hole in it so i can you know put it through the pole and um that's going to be done tomorrow so uh yeah next week we'll be getting on to my youtube channel and i'm just so humbled that god is just moving me forward in that season of my podcast a lot of people have also asked me about bringing people on to my podcast. And I said, you know what? It's a desire in my heart, but I just don't think I'm in that season yet. Some of you some, some of you guys that have been listening for, I mean, a while now know that I've had a couple episodes where I've had guests come on, um, but I just, I don't think that I'm in a consistent season of that right now. So uh, the verse of the day on Movius Ministries podcast is Matthew eleven twenty nine, and this is a verse that is just super, super, super comforting to us as people who are following Christ. Um, this verse is actually um, very spot on to just the kind of stuff I'm going through today. Jesus says, "This is in the NIV version. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me." For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And before this, he goes, are you worn out on religion? And what he means by that is all these religious rules that offer no peace at all. And then he says in verse 29, take my yoke upon uh, upon you and learn from me. So it's almost like he's saying, when you take that yoke, then you're going to learn from me. And he goes on and says, because I'm gentle and humble in heart. So let's open in prayer and then we will do our Proverbs 19 study today. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for the discipline that you are bringing to your children. Father, help us to yield to your discipline and obey it. There are so many things that you see that we don't, and I, we just, I just pray that you would give us that humble heart today to receive that yoke that your son, Jesus, talked about. For those dealing with heaviness or any spiritual warfare, those who are trying to f- figure out what they're supposed to do in a situation, Holy Spirit, I pray that you just give them peace where they're supposed to go. I just pray that Colossians 3, they would, they would go where they feel peace. Jesus, you said, my sheep know my voice. So I just pray that you would um, remove people from their lives that are not being led by the Holy Spirit, that you would surround people with wise people. Lord, if 
if my beloved, if your beloved listener today has fallen into sin, Lord, I just restore them gently in Jesus' name. I put them back into your grace. I ask that you change their hearts, renew their minds. I pray this message would go forth in power and that you would pour out grace. I pray for an open heart, open minds. Um, Lord, that your word would not condemn us, but convict us to live a more holy and upright and righteous life. Um, And that we would do that with the right motives. So, Lord, we surrender everything today. Um, We come to you with our brokenness. We come to you with um, our anxieties. Um, Help us to guard our hearts. Help us to live disciplined lives. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, last week... Obviously, we talked about the importance of discipline in a Christian's life, and I was kind of thinking about how I went about that, and I don't really think I got into why it's so important. I think I quoted a lot of scripture that talks about Christians needing to live a disciplined life, um, but the reason, I mean, one of the biggest reason reasons why, you guys, is because... God sees the bigger picture in what we're going through. There's things that that we don't see that he does, and there's things that he wants to keep us safe from. Beloved, he has his best intentions out for us, and sometimes we don't guard our hearts. We go into things, we think we know everything, and then we get hurt, and we blame God for it. And God gives us clear instruction to guard our hearts, to live disciplined lives, to follow his discipline. Scripture is so clear that he loves those who, who, who he disciplines. And there'll be times when we mess up. But that doesn't mean that we're stuck, beloved, or that we, we, we don't know what to do. At that moment, we can just, that should not let us, you know, go away from the Lord. James says to draw near to the Lord with your contrite heart. And he will draw near to you. Having grief or, um, what do you call it? Um, not grief. Uh, guilt of your sin is not a bad thing. It's normal. That's what a Christian should feel because God has changed their hearts. He's changed them from the inside out. You look at someone who's in the world and, I mean, they don't care. They don't have a sorrow over their sin. And, um, yeah, so, I guess for me lately, I've just been really growing in the word. Um, I've been under some kind of heavier attacks lately and I'm really learning how to be more humble and pour my heart out to the Lord and I'm just learning a lot about um, I'm in a season right now where I, I, I wish I would be doing bigger and better things, but the Lord's really teaching me a lot of humility right now, and I'm continuing to humble myself, know my identity, um, walk in holiness, and, I mean, just, just, I mean, obey the discipline of the Lord and know that His intentions in that are so good and so true. So this next song that's playing, it's a little bit more peppy. It's called Seeds by Tony Anderson. I love it. It's so good. So here we go. Proverbs 19, verse... Hang on a second. Oh, okay. Okay. I got a little bit confused. Verse 1, better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Sorry, excuse me. I, I do have a vitamin water, so just bear with me. I'm going to be drinking some of it while I while I talk. So look at this. Beloved, better is a, per, is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Now this points to 1 Samuel 16, 7. And this is when David is being anointed as king. And it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. So, beloved, God does not see people the way we see people. And that should blow our minds, because we think, you know, we're all self-righteous and we want to judge left and right. So anyway, 
It goes on and says, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, we are going to be diving into, into a lot of, we're going, to, we're going to be diving into some Hebrew in this episode and Proverbs 20, you guys. Next week is going to be insane. I, w- I was preparing next week's uh, message yesterday, last night, and the kind of Hebrew that I found, you guys, oh my gosh, I just, I mean, glory to God. Next week is going to be so, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm so, so excited. So, integrity, the Hebrew word is the word tome. And we find the word integrity. You know, if you if you have a Bible, go 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 to your Bible. Um, and I think I'm reading out of the ESV. I should I should I should have made that clear. I'm sorry. Um, where it says, "Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity." And the definition of that of the word integrity in the Hebrew means completeness, simplicity, or innocence. So let's plug that in real quick. Better is a poor person who walks in his completeness or his simplicity or his innocence than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Verse 2, desire. Now this now this is a verse that I have actually applied to um, in my desire to meet my wife. I've been praying about it and God has just been really... I mean, moving more in that prayer in ways I just can't explain. But anyway, here we go. Verse 2. Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet, they miss his way. Which means they miss the way they're supposed to go. The way that God has for them. This is why it is so important to yield ourselves to the Lord in the midst of our times of pondering on our desires in our hearts. Now the verse goes on and says, and says, whoever hurries into wanting to just do their desires, they miss their way. They miss their way. Now sometimes we can, we can encounter this with the Lord, and He'll use it all for good, and we'll go through more suffering. But God just, it's, 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 it's almost mesmerizing how God uses that. Because then I wonder myself, well, what was the will for the? What was the will on the other side if I would have not hurried and taken things into my own hands? Sometimes it's how my brain works. So anyway, now we know Psalm 37, 4. This verse, this is this, this, this verse, I'm going to connect with verse 2. And it's it says, this is the verse that says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, the word delight in the Hebrew is the word onag. And the definition is... To be soft, delicate, and be dainty. So, how can we apply this verse, Psalm 37, 4, in verse 2? Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. We can make ourselves delicate. We can yield ourselves to the Lord. We don't have to take action. We can yield ourselves and grow in knowledge. And then he's going to give us the desires of our heart. We don't have to make take action unless the Lord tells us to. Sometimes the Lord does have us take a step of faith. And I love what Bill Johnson says. Your one yes is a mile road of blessings from the Lord. I love that. I love, love, love that. Now, last week, we talked about the importance of discipline in a Christian's life. This is why it's important. God wants to, he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. It's the right in the right uh, uh, context, of course. For example, like, this isn't in my notes, but like, you know, wanting to have intercourse when you get married. That desire is okay, but it's only okay in the context of marriage. So, but we must be disciplined in growing in knowledge with our deep desires in our hearts. So as, verse 2, as we have these desires, and we all have them, this is something that I've been praying recently. And my friend Brandon, who such a great friend of mine, you guys have heard me mention his name many times. You know, he tells me uh, a few weeks ago, I told him about how I was still yearning to meet my wife. And he goes, have you thought about the responsibilities that come with marriage? Have you prayed about that? And I said, no. And ever since then, I've been praying about that. I've been saying, Lord, show me what comes with marriage. And I come across the first two last week. And I go, oh my gosh, the Lord's speaking through Brandon and I mean, do you kind of, does that, does, I hope that makes sense what I'm trying to explain how the Lord kind of navigated that. 
And that's not me saying, oh, look at me, and my, my intentions are good behind that. But my point is, this is why it's so important to thrive on people giving you wisdom and correction and insight. This is the only way we're going to grow, you guys. And next week, Proverbs 20 just talks so much about that. Last week, we talked about the importance of discipline in a Christian's life. I'm just rereading my note from what I read before. I'm going to read it again anyway. This is why it's important. God wants to give us those desires in our hearts in the right context, of course, but we must be disciplined in growing in knowledge with our deep desires in our hearts. And this is so hard, you guys. But if once we get the mindset of like, man, I wonder how I can ponder on Romans 8, 28 throughout all this, that he's working all of this for good. As I grow in wisdom, as I grow in discipline, as I surround myself with wise people, as I plant good seeds, as I do all these good things, and I will mess up. But when I mess up, there's more seeds I can plant, like confession of sin, humbling yourself before the Lord, asking God to put the fear of the Lord in your heart. Jeremiah 32 talks about that. If you want to know the song that's playing right now, it's called Set Us on Fire by Waldner Worship. Verse 3, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Now, it seems this verse is talking about the person's attitude when they do verse 2. They make haste. They, 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 they do things in their, own, in their own desires. They don't wait on the Lord unless the Lord tells them to take action. But most of the time... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Most of the time, the Lord tells us to wait. Sometimes he takes us, tells us to make a step of faith. But in, in this verse, when, we, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Sometimes, again, God tells us to take a step of faith. But in some cases, we do try to take things in our own hands. And we, 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 we stop picking up our cross. And I'll just speak for myself. I'm not going to judge here. I've... I haven't been perfect in picking up my cross. No one is except Christ. So it brings us to ruin and we blame it on God and our arrogance and our pride gets in the way in those moments. We we have these desires and we don't have knowledge and we make haste. We hurry to do these things. And it brings us to ruin and we rage against the Lord. We say, why isn't this happening? And we don't know the first thing about humility. And I've just, I mean, I've, I'm continuing to learn that as well, you guys. I've learned so much about that over the past two and a half years. And I, I'm i not saying it like, oh, look at me. But I'm saying God's done such a work in my heart. I can't ignore it. I, I just can't. And I believe that over, over you, beloved. Honestly. Verse 4. Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is, is deserted by his friends. Now, sometimes people just want what you offer. They don't want a real friendship that can bring healing and wisdom. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. It's interesting how everyone's a friend to a man who gives gifts. It almost backs up verse 4 that we just sometimes use people for their for their 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 goods and again i'm just gonna i'm not gonna judge you that's listening i'm just gonna speak for myself verse seven all a poor man's brother sorry all a poor man's brothers hate him how much more do his friends go far from him he pursues them with words but does not have them. Now this could this could kind of match up with the verse that we went on last week. I think it was last week or the week before, but it was somewhere I think it was Proverbs 18 about trying to bring peace in a quarrel with another brother. Sometimes it's just like it's it's a it it is a tower and there's just no way out. And they don't want to yield to the wisdom of forgiving that person. They don't want to yield their lips into gaining that wisdom and forgiving that person. I hope that makes sense. So, 
Verse 8, whoever gets sense loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. And this verse connects with Proverbs 18.12, where there is humility, there is honor. Verse 9, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. Now, we can see what goes on in the news, social media, sorry, what social media pushes on people's phones. Stories are out in a second, and everyone knows about it in the next five minutes. Literally. Like, that's it. We are so quick to speak. We just hear whatever sounds right, and we just say it. A lot of it can be tied up in codependency, wanting to people please, and wanting the approval of others. Verse 10, it is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury, much less for a slave to rule over princes. It almost just points out right there that the Lord, before he promotes you, he's got to put you in a lot of humility. And I'm learning a lot about that right now, honestly. So verse 11, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. Now, for me, I have a little bit of road rage. It's not as bad as it was three years ago. Not not even close. I learned how to not be offended and just whatever. But one thing that still really irritates me is when people just drive really close behind me. And I came across this verse actually about a month ago. I was listening to a sermon by Rick Warren and I heard that verse and I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, I just got deeply convicted. And so I've been praying about it recently, but it's saying a person who's slow to anger has good sense. They have a sound mind. They have wisdom. They have knowledge and discernment. And from that, it is his glory, his fruit maybe, to overlook an offense. Now, do you want to know why you're so angry all the time? You don't have good sense. The verse goes on and talks about being offended. You won't be offended if you have insight. It's that simple. We don't have to over-spiritualize things, guys. Having good sense will show the glory of the man, and it will overlook an offense, beloved. A king's wrath is like a is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on a grass. A foolish son is ruin to his father, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but the but but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Now, we're going to get into a little bit more Hebrew here. Um, okay, you know what, let me, this isn't in my notes, but sometimes I just come out with the definitions of Hebrew words because I don't necessarily know how to pronounce the particular Hebrew word, so I just want to make that clear. Sometimes, because you might be thinking, why is he just reading the definition? I want to know the word, and I get that. If you want to know Hebrew words and Greek words and Greek definitions and all that, you can go to blueletterbible.com. If you don't know how to navigate through the site, um, I'd love to help you. You can email me. My email is posted there on, on, on my podcast. Um, I, I only say that was because I only say that because I struggled a little bit how to navigate through the website. It was a little bit confusing for me, and then my friend Ryan showed me a couple times. I know I know how to use it, obviously, because that's where I get all my Greek and Hebrew stuff from. So if I don't read the word, it's because I just don't know how to pronounce it, and that's fine. So the definition for prudence, because it says a prudent wife is from the Lord. And the definition is to have insight, someone who gives their attention to someone else, and to wisely understand. Now, men that listen to my podcast out there that are looking for a wife, look for a woman who is prudent. First Peter, now I think it's First Peter 3, or Second Peter 3. Anyway, Peter, this, this verse is taken out of context a lot and it's not spoken in the right way that Peter, I mean, people just really twist this verse and I have a lot of righteous anger over it, honestly. 
But Peter says, let not your outward appearance be your main focus. People twist that and go, stop wearing makeup. Peter's not saying stop wearing it. He's saying, don't let that be your focus. That is his point. And he goes on, and I love the way the message version puts it. It says, cultivate inner beauty in you. So men, I think there's a verse in Proverbs that talks about um, men drool or like have dazzling eyes over a pretty woman, and it's a complete, I mean, it's, it's a sham. It's... I'm probably way off on that verse, but it, it's pretty much saying, don't let looks deceive you. That's pretty much what the verse is saying. I, I heard that verse on like a 30 second Instagram clip like two years ago. So, um, find a woman who has insight, someone who's slow to speak and quick to listen. And you can, you can see the fruit of the spirit grow. And when they fall into sin, they're quick to confess and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I mean, they, they, they have fruit in their lives. Look for women like that. And you know what? And okay. Okay. I want to make this clear. Women, for those, for those of you that are listening to my podcast, if you don't see that in your own life, I don't want to make you feel like like I'm shaming you. You are beloved. You are Elias. That's the Greek word. And the definition is you are worthy of love. You may just be in a season of the refiner's fire where a lot of your impurities are coming to the surface, but the Lord is saying, oh my gosh, you have no idea how what I'm doing with you, beloved. You have no idea. So I'm not here. I don't want to make it seem like I'm shaming. That's not my intention. That is not the Father's heart. And um, so I just, I want to make that very clear. Now, verse 15 is going to be in the NASB. Um, the way the ESV, the way the way English Standard Version put it was a little bit confusing. And, you know, I, I heard this on another podcast, uh, the, the Amen podcast. This guy named Alex and his his uh, his wife, Kaylani, they have an incredible podcast. He gave this recommendation of when you're listening to our podcast, get into the Bible yourself at the same time and read what we're reading, I'd say the same thing. Um, so verses 1 through 14, we we're talking about, uh, we were reading in the ESV, so verse 15 is going to be in the New American Standard Bible. Laziness, it casts one into a deep sleep, and a lazy person will suffer hunger. Now, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, the context of the scripture the people Paul was trying, what was writing to, they didn't want to work. They just wanted to be lazy. And Paul says to them, for those of you that do not work, you will not eat. And this verse is, I mean, just, I mean, can't put it any simpler. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep. Now, the word one is italicized, which again, for those of you that don't know what that is, if you see, if you're reading in your own Bible or you read online and you see a word that is italicized, and for those of you that don't know what that is, it's when the word is a little bit crooked to the right. It means that that word was not found in the original manuscripts of whether you're reading Greek or Hebrew language. I learned that a couple weeks ago from my friend Ryan. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Ryan. Okay. Verse 18, one who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but one who is careless of his conduct will die. This is why Jesus says, if you are trying to hang on to your life and do things your own way, always following what you want rather than what he wants for you, you'll lose your life. It's Matthew 16. And I get it. I know that's hard, but there's... When we start to follow Christ, we can't try and do things in our own strength. We have to humble ourselves and set aside our self-righteous pride and say, Lord, help me. And yeah, that's not me trying to shame you guys. But verse 17, one who is gracious to a poor person, they lend to the Lord and God will repay him for his good deed. Now, this is not in my notes, but I want to make this clear. When we read in this verse, he will repay him for his good deed immediately. Immediately we think that it's for our time on earth. <laughs> and that may that may be it. I don't know. Whatever the Lord has for you in that moment, fine. You know, God, do what you're going to do. 
But one thing that Jesus talked about a lot is eternal rewards. And it's a subject that a lot of Christians don't like. Um, and they should, because it's in the Bible. But um, it, it could the Lord could repay you for your good deed when you get to heaven. And we may not like that. And our motive behind that is probably really wrong. But it could be, I mean, it could be good. I don't know. But... Um, it's just, I mean, the Lord, the Lord see that. I mean, it, Jesus, Jesus even says, when you give someone a cup of cold water, I won't even, I won't forget that, that I'll remember that. Um, sometimes we are in a season of drought financially and God cultivates good things in us during that season. And he may bless you in due season. Um, you know, financially, you can look at what happened with Job. I mean, he lost everything, and then God blessed him. I think it was, I, I, I think it was two, two or threefold. But I mean, God just overflowed him with blessing. Now John says, "How can you see a brother in need of the world's goods?" Now John, a lot of people will take this verse out of context. John is strictly talking about money, and John goes, "You have those goods, plenty of it, and you don't give it to that person who needs it." John goes on and says, God's love is not in that person. It's 1 John 3.17. Now, James 5, this is a verse that my friend Sophia recently showed me, and I've been pondering on it ever since I read it. You know, every now and then, whenever it comes to my mind, it just, you know, I think about it. James 5, 1 through 6, talks about the same exact thing. I'm sorry if my dog is barking, guys. My brother just got home. Let me read James Five one through six. I'm gonna read it in the Amplified Bible because I've got my, I've got my, I've got my Bible right here. So, yeah. James five, verses one through six. <laughs> okay, here we go. Come quickly now, you you rich who lack true faith and hoard and misuse your resources. Weep and howl over the uh, miseries, the woes, and the judgments that the judgments that are coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and is ruined, and your fine clothes have become um, moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will consume your flesh like a fire. You have stored up your treasure in the last days when it will do you no good. Look, the wages that you have fraudulently withheld from your laborers who have mowed your fields are crying out against you for vengeance and the cries of the... Oh, sorry, that was my... Oh my gosh. That was my, my light hanging onto my desk. All right, you guys, hang on a sec. Okay. Let's restart here. So sorry about that, guys. Um, it verse four pretty much says that these guys that you're that you're working, that you're paying a wage, you're being you're you're, you're being um, oh, where is it? Hang on a sec. Oh, in Luke 18, um, I think it's the first, it's the Jesus, I think there's three different parables in Luke 18. It's the first parable where there's an unjust judge towards a widow and the, the widow's like saying the way I'm being treated is totally wrong and the judge is just like, I don't care. And she just keeps begging and begging and eventually the judge's like, okay, I'll just give her what she wants so she can shut up. That's pretty much what James is saying here. He goes, look, the wages that you have fraudulently withheld from the laborers who have mowed your fields are crying out against you for vengeance. And the cries of the harvesters have come to the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. 
On the earth, you have lived luxuriously and abandoned yourselves to soft living and led a life of wanton pleasure. And what that means is self-indulgence and self-gratification. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. Now, that could be talking about God's day of wrath, of judgment. I don't know. He go, The last verse, he goes, verse 6, you have condemned and you have put to death the righteous man. He offers you no resistance. Now, so to go back to this original verse, one who is gracious to a poor person lends to the Lord and God will repay him for his good deed. This is, the, now, 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 for those of you that are not, I want to keep this in context. When John says, how can you see your brother in need of the world's good? This is talking about people. This is talking about people who, I mean, are literally like financially wealthy. They could, you know, finance a really nice car. They have a decent house. They might have a little bit of debt, but they're comfortable financially. They have extra money in the bank. God's not talking about people who work paycheck to paycheck. That's not who John is talking about. I don't think so, but. He goes, how can you not lend this money to someone who needs this money? He goes, God's love is not in you. Jesus says, to whom much is given, much is required. So God can bless someone with money without a doubt. And God is now requiring that person to bless people financially. There's people like Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians about those who are rich in the church need to bless people. Um, there's a few other, there's a few other scriptures that, that I think I know. I just, they're not coming to mind. So, um, again, I don't want, for those of you that are like living paycheck to paycheck, that verse is not talking about you. Um, it's, this is why, this is why it's so important to keep verse in context. I love what my friend Ryan says. If we don't keep scripture in context, all we have is a bunch of cons. (laughs) All right. Beloved, verse 18, discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death. A person of great anger will suffer the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. Now, now the word him, where it says, for if you rescue him, which is the person who has great anger, it's italicized. So sometimes we can, if you try and, So, I guess in the original text, it says, for if you rescue, it's probably, I don't know. It's talking about the person of great anger. Um, They probably put the word him in there to make make it sound a little bit more sense. But it's clear the verse is talking about a person who has great anger. Sometimes we can try and save a person. We can try and fix a person who gets angry easily. And we will just have to do it again. That's what the verse says. The truth of the matter is we cannot save them. Only the Holy Spirit can bring conviction and lead this person to repentance. Now, a little bit more Hebrew here. We're gonna get into we're gonna get into some Hebrew here. The Hebrew word for the word rescue is the word not sal. Not sell, and the definition is to snatch away or to deliver oneself. There was that. There was that one verse. I think it was last week. Who can save of man a man who is a crushed spirit? No one can. Only God can. You can't deliver someone. Now you can cast a demon out of someone because Christ has given you that authority. But that's Christ working through you, bringing that deliverance. You alone cannot do that. Jesus said, "Without," he says, without me, you can do nothing. It's John 15. Verse 20. Listen to advice and accept discipline so that you may be wise for the rest of your days. I love that. It's so simple, beloved. It's, it's, I mean, it's so clear. Now. This verse is really interesting. A lot of us know this verse. And there's other verses that kind of mimic this verse. Um, sometimes you'll read that in Proverbs. There'll be verses very similar to each other. I mean, there's several verses that say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's tons. It's in Proverbs. David talks about it in Psalms. 
Many plans are in a person's heart, but the advice of the Lord will stand. Now we can go through seasons, beloved, or sometimes navigating our desires in our hearts and we respond to God's voice and nudges in our hearts to sometimes do something about those desires. This is why we can't be haste or hurry in those plans, our desires. God's advice will stand like the verse says. And why? Because it's truth. It doesn't waver. It isn't one way today and different the next day. God's truth is the same today, yesterday and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. I think that's Hebrews 13.8. This is why we must have the revelation of verse 2. Uh, where it says uh, early on in verse 2, desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Um, we must have wisdom in our desires. It just goes back on my conversation with my friend Brandon about telling me about my wife and saying, have you prayed about the responsibilities? And I said, no, and I've been praying about it. And then later along comes along, I, I read verse two as I'm studying this two weeks ago. I go, oh my gosh, God, you know, you're all right, you're speaking through Brandon, and I need to learn more things about marriage. I'm telling you guys, I I I, I look at the past five years yearning to meet my wife, my future spouse. I don't I don't think I should have told so many so many people about it. Just because I just don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's good. I, I think you need to guard your heart. Um, and a lot of Christians don't like that verse because they feel like you're being selfish. But no, you're not. You're actually living more righteously. Um, and I can just see over the past five years, there's so much I've had to learn more about my desire to meet my wife. Stuff I needed to know, things God showed me that he had to heal, and there's so much more, and I'm learning more about that now. Scriptures to know. I mean, there's just so much, you guys. And this is just why it's so clear about humbling yourself before the Lord in the midst of our desires. But knowing that His he's not angry at us in those moments. He's yearning for intimacy with us and for us to know that we are his beloved. Verse 22, what is desirable in a person is his kindness, and it is better to be poor, to be a poor person than a liar. Now, verse 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Now, where it says leads, about the fear of the Lord leads to life, that is italicized. Verse 24, the lazy one buries his hand in the dish <laughs> but will never bring it back to his mouth he's talking about the the food and it makes that verse in Thess Thessalonians a little bit funny those who don't work don't eat <laughs> come on beloved that that's funny that that's really funny <laughs> oh man okay well we're going on 44 minutes here okay well I have kind of put in my own notes without, I've kind of read um, off script off my notes here, so I haven't, I've kind of put in some extra a little bit, which is fine. But verse 25, strike a scoffer and the naive may become clever, but rebuke one who has understanding and he will gain knowledge. Now I wondered if when the verse says, and he will gain knowledge, is he is is that person talking about the scoffer, the the naive, or the one who has understanding? Now, a person very wise in my life who's given me lots of insight. Uh, I went to him for to to get some insight and some clarification on this verse, and he showed me this. The scoffer seems to be a singular term. The naive seems to be a group of people. So I would say he is the man of understanding. If you read this verse in the NLT, it will seem that way too. So, 
let's break this down now. This is off script. I'm not reading from my notes, so just bear with me. Strike a scoffer, and the naive may become clever. But rebuke one who has understanding, and he will gain knowledge. He is talking about the man of understanding. It's interesting. Now, how can he gain a knowledge? I think... Jesus said, they hate what I say because what I say is true, to judge their evil deeds. A Christian can have the same mindset when they say Jesus' words, and if they're rebuked, they can lean on scripture and have understanding and gain knowledge that they're saying the right thing. I hope that makes sense. That was kind of, but... Verse 26, he who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. Now, it's interesting because Jesus says, if you do not hate your mother or your father, then you cannot be my disciple. And the so the word hate actually means to love your parents more than Jesus. And what that means is obey if you obey your parents more than Jesus, then Jesus said you can't be my disciple. So it's not that that's a contradiction. It's there's a missing piece of wisdom that we need to understand those two verses going together. And maybe they don't go together. But Verse 27, stop listening, my son, to discipline and you will stray away from the words of knowledge. Verse 28, a worthless witness makes a mockery of justice, and the mouth of the wicked swallows wrongdoing. <coughs> okay. I've got a tickle in my throat. Sorry. Now, this verse connects with that verse we read in chapter 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it which means our tongues will eat its fruits. If we love our tongues, we will eat its fruits. One of its fruits is wrongdoing. Like the verse says, a worthless witness makes a mockery of justice and the mouth of the wicked swallows wrongdoing. I hope that makes sense. Verse 29, we will get into the Hebrew in this verse. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the back of fools. Now, the Hebrew word for the word scoffers is the word lutz, and the definition is to scorn, to talk arrogantly, or to boast. So it says here judgments are prepared for people who scorn, talk arrogantly, or boast. And it's the beating for the backs of schools. Amen and amen. That is our Proverbs 19 study. Freaking 49 minutes later. Okay, that's all right. Okay, uh, so closing announcements. We'll, we'll, well, let's, let's close in prayer and then we will finish with some finishing announcements. Father, I thank you that we are your beloved, that we can come boldly before your throne because you love us so much and because Jesus, you were tempted in every way yet found without sin. Father, I just pray for healing upon this person listening, that they would love you, Father. They would, they would focus on doing your will. They would focus and fix their eyes on being ready for your return, if that is in our generation, Father. Fix our eyes on that. Give us revelation. Give us wisdom. Help us to love you in intimacy. We resist the enemy. We stand strong in Christ. We trust you, Jesus. We love you. Father, I pray for humility and confidence to be grown and, and, and let that be invigorated in people's hearts, Father. Renew our minds. Help us to just focus on today. Help us to be sober-minded for the sake of our prayers. Give us wisdom in the midst of our desires. Help us to yield to your discipline, to make ourselves soft and delicate in your hands. And you will give us the desires of our hearts. I pray for those that are being emotionally hurt by their parents. Father, I pray that they would bless their enemies. They would pray for those who persecute them and that you would bless them, Father. You'd give them grace. You'd give them peace. You'd give them endurance and perseverance. I pray for those going through a season of healing, Lord. I just pray for peace upon their minds. 
and I just restore them gently, any sin that they've fallen into throughout this episode, in Jesus' name. Father, they would confess their sins to someone they can trust, someone who is wise, someone who is full of the Holy Spirit, and will restore them gently, in Jesus' name. Help us to guard our hearts and uh, just lead us in wonderful uh, delight in you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, next week I'll be coming out with my YouTube channel, Lord Willing. So, just um, bear with me here as I kind of get that started. I'm so excited for that, you guys. Um, I will be doing a prophetic video on my Facebook. I think that's next week. Yeah, next Monday. On my Facebook, if you would like to join, you can send me a friend request on Facebook. My name is Josiah Movius, obviously. Duh. Um, and... Uh, send me your friend request. I'd love to accept it. I only go on Facebook at least once a day. I know I said I was fasting on it, but when I'm on there, I'm on there for 10 minutes and I'm off. Um, get on there if you want. Uh, write me a review on Apple Podcast and, or or Spotify if you would like. I greatly appreciate that. If you would like a prophetic word, please email me. My email is right there on my on my podcast where it says about. Share my podcast with a friend if you want a, pr- a prayer request. Send me an email. I'd love to help. Um, Yeah, go out and be the church, beloved. Thank you so much for listening to Proverbs 19 study on Movius Ministries. God bless you.